What's up? What's up, beautiful people? You know what time it is. You know what you tuned into. If you don't know what you tuned into and you don't know what, what time it is, just stay tuned. You are about to find out. You are listening or watching the Tommy Talk Show. I am your host, T.W. Suggs, and I'm sending you all types of mad love, dope vibes, goodness, just all types of awesomeness like, ah, ah. It's all yours. I just dumped it on you. You are saturated and dope vibes. Listen, you're listening to the Tommy Talk Show. Again, I'm your host, T.W. Suggs, and we have an awesome show lined up for you today. Before I get started, I just want to surface this little thing right here, this little. So I I got a few questions uh, in reference to what this thing is. Uh, You know, it's a little timer. You know, it helps me stay on track. I also have my producer right here, uh, the one and the only Keith Pelzer, who also keeps me on track. But this also is a little felt safe measure. All right. So listen, we have an awesome show for you today uh, called Health wellness and beauty and communities of color health wellness and beauty and communities of color and um before we even talk more about that i want to talk to you about our last show uh which was aliens living among us a conversation with brilliant creatives part Two. So part one, we did a couple months ago uh, of Aliens Living Among Us, and that dealt with, um, we had on, uh, who was, we had Don Christian Jones, my homie, and we also had my homie, uh, Will Toms. The show was amazing. If you uh, haven't had an opportunity to watch it or see it yet, go ahead and you can go to my Facebook channel, um, or you can go to um, my YouTube channel, or you can go to the website at uh, www.twsugs.com. Click on the podcast icon and you will see all the podcasts there. So this last episode um, that we did with Aliens Living Among Us Part 2 was a conversation with my homies, uh, Tezra Wilkins and uh, Steven Taylor. Tezra is the CEO and founder of of Wilkins Photography. She's also a producer and a director. And Steven Taylor is um, also an entrepreneur. He's a photographer and a videographer. He's also the owner of Ubuntu Fine Art Gallery located in the Germantown area of Philadelphia. If you haven't been, you definitely have to go visit. Um, And during the conversation uh, we had uh, with them, we um, discuss a lot of the challenges that many entrepreneurs face or many creatives face, especially through the lens of entrepreneurship. Um, you know, uh, uh, how much do you charge, you know, for your services, you know, uh, uh, balancing, you know, being a creative and also being an entrepreneur. So those are some things that uh, I think every creative and every entrepreneur that that we all need to have and that we need to all have under our belt to make sure that we are making the impact that we need to make. Many times as creatives, we're really solid when it comes to our art. We're really solid, you know, whether it's art, singing, whether it's dancing, whether, you know, you're, whether you're doing photography or videography, we're really solid when it comes to the art and creative space. But when it comes to the entrepreneurial and business space, like marketing, networking, you know, keeping your books, you know, uh, planning, uh, investing, all those types of things, we sometimes struggle and we sometimes need to hire um, or build um, networks or partnerships in those areas where we may not be as um as knowledgeable um or um as capable all right so 
that was the last episode. If, again, if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out on Podbean or on um, YouTube or on P3 Christian Radio. We are a part of P3 Christian Radio, um, or you can also um, check it out on iHeartRadio. Now, today's conversation, all right, I said all of that. Today's conversation is health and wellness, health, wellness, and beauty in communities of color. And I felt it was important for us to have this conversation about health, wellness, and beauty and communities of color, because um, in, in many instances, in many cases, communities of colors and communities of color, we're, we're kind of at a disadvantage um, because of inequality. There um, are systemic issues that prevent us from, um, you know, really getting that slice of the pie, but there's also, um, there are also knowledge gaps that we have. So it's not always, sometimes it's not always the system. Sometimes it's us just not having the information that we need to make the change and the impact that we need to make. So what we're doing today is we're looking at, and, and when you hear health and, and wellness, you're thinking about, um, some of you may have been thinking about, you know, choosing between a biscuit and an apple, right? Um, <laughs> choosing between a biscuit and an apple. That's not what I'm talking about. That is one form of health and wellness. But today we're looking at financial health and wellness. We're looking at um, when it comes to home ownership, we're looking at that type of health and wellness. And then we're also going to look at um, health and wellness through the lens of beauty. <sighs> we have such an awesome show lined up for you all today. Um, before we go any further, I want to give a shout out to uh, P3 Christian Radio, um, who is our, 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 you know, our main platform and who we sit under. A shout out to the Culture Talk Show. Uh, we are an affiliate uh, of the Culture Talk Show and also again to our um, one and only and our beloved producer, uh, Keith Pelzer. I got to see if he has... I got have to find out if he has a middle name. It's probably something like Dewan or <laughs> Jacob. I don't know. Your middle name, Jacob? <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's Isaiah. Oh, cool. I learned something new about our producer. <laughs> Didn't even know he had a middle name. All right. Awesome. So, let's, so folks, let's go ahead and get started. Um, so for my first guest... Uh, I have uh, somebody who is so dope and so awesome. Um, I have Ryan E. Killebrew. And if you watched our episode um, Beneath His Armor, you saw a gentleman who was co-hosting with me. His name is Derek Killebrew. So Ryan is Derek's wife. They are such like a dynamic duo. I don't know if it's a Batman and Robin or a Batman and Batman or Robin and Robin. I don't know. They figure it out. But Ryan E. Killebrew is uh, the founder of Killebrew Consulting LLC, a trusted financial service firm focused on empowering individuals in the personal in their personal finance journey with over 12 years of experience. Ryan specializes in providing reliable and professional financial coaching, helping individuals build a strong financial foundation and achieving their goals. Through personalized coaching sessions and dynamic speaking engagement, she shares valuable insights on budgeting, overcoming financial challenges, and building long-term wealth. Ryan's mission is to educate and support individuals guided by her faith and a passion for stewardship. In her spare time, she enjoys dancing and spending time with her family. 
ladies and gentlemen, we are getting ready to see the one and only Ryan Killebrew. What's up, Ryan? Hey, what's up? Thank you so much, Tommy, for having me. Hey, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling real good. I'm feeling good. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Yeah. So anybody who who knows Ryan, you know she just kind of got that that cool swag with her. You know, she's just <laughs> like, just mad cool. I actually met Ryan at um at JGP at, yeah. at one of the John Graves productions. And Ryan is a very gifted um dancer. She's amazing um with her dancing. And um when I found out that she did um that she did financial consulting for individuals and for small businesses. I said, yo, I, I gotta get Ryan on. So again, Ryan, yeah. welcome to the team. Welcome to the family, my friend. No problem. Thank you again for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's hop right on in. So Ryan, let me ask you a question. What what made you, what did you see going on in, um, in our communities or in the networks that you had that made you say, hey, I have to start this financial consulting business? Absolutely. So I started the firm back in 2018. And um, at the time, I was actually part of a um, financial advisory program that was through Merrill Lynch, where you would build your um, book of business, but you would be an advisor through Merrill Lynch. So while I was um, studying for my series exams, they also had you going through um, different meetings. We got to shadow. Um, and while I was there, I got to glean so much. And then also just from my background in banking, um, I got to glean so much from different individuals. And I always worked in areas with professionals. And um, when I mean professionals, uh, in the finance terms, we're typically looking at, you know, lawyers, doctors, so high net worth professionals. Gotcha. Um, even for like professors, like I worked in um, the University City area. And at that time, again, it was most of our um, clientele was either the students or the professors. Um, and being in the UPenn area, you know, I'm also getting the doctors because help is right there. So. Yeah. Um, you know, you're working with a different type of clientele and you see how they manage their finances differently. Hmm. Um, and including the generational wealth aspect of building out their finances, because not only did you see mom and dad come in, but you saw a multi-generation. So, um, one of my clients, one of my favorite clients, uh, is actually a dermatologist and, hmm. I remember servicing his dad, um, who was actually um, older gentleman. He worked for the post office, retired, but he put him and his wife put his their three children through school. They had an engineer, a dermatologist, and a lawyer. Yeah. So it was like okay, um, yeah. and dad was still saving money because his thing was well, my children are good, but now I need to be concerned about my grandchildren. Hmm. And so you saw that multi-generational breakdown of, hey, this is what I did to lay the foundation. And then we just build on top of that. Hmm. Um, and then being around them and then in particular being at uh, the financial advisory firm, um, one of the things that kind of struck me was that 
I could not meet with a client unless they had a certain amount of um, net worth that was liquid for them to invest. Got you. And that's not typically someone in the inner city area. Right. Um, especially part of our community. Yeah. It is very rare. Like I was one of two women in the program and we were one of five African-Americans in the wow. program out of 30. And so I want to say in the finance, especially with like financial advisory and financial planning, um, African-American um advisors or professional financial professionals professional excuse me mm-hmm. only make up roughly two percent of professionals wow. so we are um severely underrepresented but yeah. that's partly just because of where we are when it comes to like the wealth gap but also to that financial literacy knowledge that yeah. Um, hey, this is an absolute way to generate income, but also too, hey, this can be a career field for you. Yeah, yeah. And so um, just being there, um, you know, I'm from Camden, Camden, New yeah. Jersey. Yeah. So, I, and I live in Philly. Yeah. So just being there, again, that's a, looking at my sphere of influence. I didn't have clientele that I knew I can go to and say, hey, come and invest with me. Yeah. So in 2018, I left. Mm-hmm. Uh, and started Killer Brew Consulting LLC mm-hmm. with the support of my husband and my sister who helped me just come up with the name because, like you said, I'm real chill. I didn't <laughs> want, like, the, the crazy name. So she was like, well, your last name is Killer Brew now. Just run with that. Yeah. And um, I started off initially just focusing on the personal finance side. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was still doing bookkeeping and small business consulting freelance. Yeah. And then um, I ended up just bringing everything under one umbrella, but mostly focusing on the education piece. Um, and I love what you were talking about just from being creative. I'm married to a creative. I am uh-huh. a creative. So I know the space, <laughs> right? A lot of times it because of the passion, yeah. we love it so much. Mm-hmm. And so you don't think of it as like, oh, this is my job. Um, but especially through the pandemic, I saw how not having the proper um, knowledge, but also to foundation in place financially, So many people struggled, especially creatives and especially service-based small businesses just because they were just completing services. But if you don't have basic bookkeeping in place, Mm -hmm. right, Mm -hmm. Um, to be able to say, well, this is how much money I made. Now I can go and take that to whatever lender I want so that I could get that loan to keep my business afloat for working capital, right? They just didn't have it. And so just understanding my passion and wanting to support people, you know, um, and and that being part of my call was to teach and and support, especially around the biblical principle of stewardship. Come on. Um, I went ahead and just continued to grow the business out in that aspect with, um, you know, financial literacy. So I do the coaching, um, building out the team. We I do have another um, bookkeeper that assists me, but we also do an advisory component to that because bookkeeping and like simple record keeping is essential. But mm-hmm. if you don't know what to do with that information, how do you then grow and create yeah. that surplus? Right. Yeah. And so we have the advisory um 
component to it. And then lastly is the financial literacy workshops that we host quarterly to just encourage and, and continue to give information for those who maybe aren't ready to work one-on-one, yeah. but at least they can still get something and glean. Wow. Yeah. First of all, I, I have to say, like, thank you so much for what you're doing in the community, especially what you were sharing with, like, you know, the whole 2%. And, yo, that that's bananas. And, and, and like you said, representation matters. When we spoke with um, Stephen Taylor, he was saying that... Um, it, especially as it pertains to, he was talking about um, black men who are also artistic. He said mm. that a lot of times for black men, all you see is you have to be a rapper, you have to be um, a, a dancer, or you have to be play basketball or football, but you don't really see the, the complexity of art being portrayed to, you know, our young black men and say, this is also an option, you know, so representation does matter. So thank you so much for that. Let me ask you a question. What, when you look at, so as you know, t- today's show is about health, wellness, and beauty and um, communities of color. So mm-hmm. when you're looking at our communities, what are some of the biggest challenges as it relates to finances or financial well-being? So first is exposure, right? And mm-hmm. and uh, although I understand um, just how useful social media can be, mm-hmm. right? Especially <laughs> for marketing and, and culture of today. Um, I understand it, but it's great because it exposes people, especially right now, to like, hey, you can make the six figures and the seven figures hmm. um, income that you want to, and you can grow your business, and it's giving you different avenues to do so. Mm-hmm. But it's not 100% giving you information that is tailored to you specifically. Gotcha. Um, and so one of the drawbacks that I, I see is you're exposed to it, so either you're, ex- you're not exposed and so you just don't know, Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what what you are exposed to is maybe just mom who struggled as a single parent or dad who struggled as a single parent Mm -hmm. or collectively just looking around the community. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're all if you're living in the community, typically we all have a similar net worth. Right. Yeah. And so though you may have some who are a little lower, maybe some who are a little um, uh, higher, it's still roughly around that same area mm-hmm. um and so you're, you're seeing that aspect mm-hmm. and so you're not exposed to the more or you're exposed to the more but you don't know how to achieve the more gotcha. and so that's where knowledge then comes in um mm-hmm. unfortunately we're just not taught financial literacy especially in schools we're not yeah. And so when you have someone who has done all of the things that were required, right, that mm-hmm. society typically says you go to school, you graduate high school, you get into college, you may have to take out loans for college, but you get that degree. Mm-hmm. And now, right, you for most careers, they're looking for higher degrees, right? Yeah. So your master's or a Ph.D. level degree. And so you do all of the things and you've done it all. You're you've. You've made it through and now it's time for the job and you get the job, but it's entry level, right? We're not taught how to negotiate our salaries or that you even can negotiate your salary. You're not taught that, um, you know, how equity 
plays a part in your salary. So especially for like small businesses and startups, a lot of times they can't give you that, you know, high six figure salary that you're looking for. Um, you know, so how can they typically offset is oftentimes with benefits and equity. And so we're not exposed to that. It's just, oh, no, I'm supposed to get this good paying job. But then again, you know, we also live in a, in a culture right now where it's commonplace for someone to have a job, a second job and a side hustle just yeah. to like scrape by. Yeah. You're, you're not thriving. You're barely surviving. Most of them are sinking. And so with me, I look to educate. And that's actually our vision. The vision of the company is to provide the education that transforms poverty into wealth. And so wow. how do we do that? It's more than just, oh, well, this is, these are the steps that you take, right? Because mm -hmm. oftentimes that's general. It's more so what are the challenges that you need to overcome? What have you been exposed to? Especially mm. traumas, right? Within the black community, um, one of the things that... Uh, I'm seeing more right now is um, we are the sandwich generation. So we have the older parents. Some of them are retired. Some of them aren't retired, but they have health challenges. But then yeah. we're also starting our own families and we have children that we need to take care of. Yeah. So what do I do? Right. I'm in between. I, I have the the loyalty in the heart. Right. And, I, and I'm supposed to. Um, uh, show reverence to my parents and support them and care for them. Mm -hmm. But they didn't give me a great foundation, right? So I'm yeah. trying to build that foundation while still making sure that they're okay and building up the next generation under me and leaving something for them. Yeah. And um, so oftentimes that adds to not just the financial stress, but the mental, physical, you know, emotional stress of how do I carry this burden, mm -hmm. right? And then also, too, oftentimes in our community, we see the, oh, you're 18 now, so you're on your own. Yeah. But most other communities do wow. not do that, wow. right? Yeah. It's like, no, you know, um, we're going to carry you through. You go to college. Don't worry about having to take out the additional student loans because mm -hmm. we got you, mm -hmm. right? Or, um, you know, even I still remember this working at the bank. There was um, one customer. He would come in every month with a um, savings bond. Uh, and more specifically, it was the, the treasury bonds. So, mm -hmm. like, you know, you had the different I bonds, series E bonds, mm -hmm. double E bonds. Mm -hmm. And he would come in every month. And his parents always, they would just each year and grandparents each year they would save and get him additional savings bonds wow. and wow. so he cashed some in um initially for his down payment on his house and wow. then was coming in with each one that he had left each month he would come in and pay his mortgage with it yeah wow. so he does not have to pay use his salary at all right he already has an asset because of the house and it's building equity, especially yeah. as he's paying you down and paying it down with money that's not even his. Wow. And so, again, I'm exposed to this thing and I'm saying, well, how do I get people in our community to invest in future generations like that? 
And so most of the clients that I work with, especially if they have children, I always talk to them about, um, you know, we like the luxury, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm getting ready to ball out. And I'm a, I'm going to end up with, you know, my kids going to have all the latest J's. Yeah. And they're going to, you know, super fly clothes, you know, PS4, 5, mm -hmm. 6, as they continue to come out. Yeah. You know, new Xbox as they continue to come out. But if instead of doing that, what if you just every birthday, part of their gift was a savings bond, right? Wow. Or you're contributing to a 529 for them for school, because if you have an expectation that your child is going to go to school, then you do that. Or, um, you know, even just a, a basic UPMA account, which is a uniform transfer to minor account, mm -hmm. um, or they also are called UGMAs, uniform, mm -hmm. uniform gift to minor account, right? Just simply saving. And you can do it as an investment account. So then that way it's, it's able to fight against inflation. But you're simply saving each month or annually, right? And that's setting them up for their future. So when they do become of age, now they have something that you're able to gift to them um, yeah. and they don't have to worry about it. And so, you know, again, it's, it's something that you said that was really interesting. Um, and I, and, and uh, I want to get some tips from you, too, in reference to somebody who may be struggling with their finances. But mm. you said that in our communities, we will prioritize the Xboxes, we'll prioritize the Jordans, we'll prioritize the iPhones. But and, and, it, and it seems like it's starting to become more and more ingrained in our culture. Right. Mm -hmm. As opposed to like, I, I never even heard of a Utma. I just I, I thought that Utma was maybe like a country somewhere in Russia. I don't know. <laughs> I thought Utma, I, you know, so. So, y'all. Yeah. So, y'all, I'm learning even right now um, some of the things that Ryan is touching on. What do you say? <laughs> Not the Ugg boots. The Ugg Yeezys. But no, I think that that's so interesting about um, about how we prioritize things and what we make and what we um, what we make time for and what we actually not, I can't even say invest in, but what we dump our money into. Let me but ask you. It's an investment, right? Yeah. So just like with time and and oftentimes I'll use analogies, especially to to connect with. Um, whoever my audience is, whether it's a workshop or I'm doing one-on-one, I'm trying to find something to build rapport and then use that and go from there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we talk about time as an investment, right? So what are you investing that time in? Are you doing something that's going to propel you forward? Or is it something that you're just lounging, right? A lot yeah. of people will say, oh, um, are you binge watching Netflix, right? Yeah. Like that that series that you like, you're investing time in that. And that's yeah. okay. That's a, a pleasurable thing. Um, but also your time should be used to propel you forward and set you up for you of tomorrow, you of a year from now, 10 years yeah. from now, whatever that looks like. And it's the same with your finances, right? Yeah. You can invest in the J's and that's an immediate pleasure. But at mm -hmm. the same time, what else are you investing in? And yeah. I'm a very realistic person. Um, mm -hmm. So when I like 
some clients I don't even use budget. It's yeah. like, hey, let's work on your spending plan. Yeah. Because some people are just so turned off by that term. Wow. And a lot of people don't realize just how psychological your finances are. It's wow. not all about um, money and knowledge. It's also about behavior, right? Yeah. And so if I know that I have a client who is a true, like, oh, I'm about to just go splurge. Yeah. Um, because that's how they emotionally deal with things or that's how they, um, you know, mentally just deal with things. Wow. And that's part of their mental therapy. I need yeah. to build that into their spending plan because life happens. And yeah. so you're, you may need to just go ahead and like take yourself to the mall or go ahead and spend a little bit more money on that spa treatment. And that's fine. And yeah. so it's it's about being realistic and understanding that it's not just all about what you know, but how are you playing that out in the psychologic the excuse me psychology behind it. And that's interesting yeah. because you we never really dive. I think that a lot of times we'll we'll hop into, um, well, I need to save money, or I need to I need to invest in this, or I need to do this with my money. But we never step back to peel back the layers and say, why am I spending my money this way? Is this Absolutely. how I is this how I cope with depression? Am I spending my money this way because I'm feeling overwhelmed? Am I spending my money yeah. this way because I feel lonely? You know, and I just yeah. need to be around people, and it just so happens that there's people at the mall, this is way. at the food yep. court. Wow. Yep. Or just how often are you going and eating out? Right. Yeah. And some people are like, oh, I just I need to cut back on eating out. Yeah. But then you turn around and instead of you eating out now you're eating in because you're getting DoorDash, which is even right. more expensive. Right. Right. And right. Uber Eats because now you have the surcharge plus delivery plus My whatever tip you just added on. Man. And so, again, it's like being realistic. And sometimes it's not even a a true like stressor or trauma mm -hmm. response mm -hmm. sometimes it's again going back to what am i exposed to in the behavior patterns that i was exposed to as a child right yeah. what um what did i see my parents do yeah. what did i see my grandparents do yeah. aunts uncles the person who was balling out on the block what did yeah. they do yeah. right because yeah. now you're holding them to that regard and you're trying to either work up to that or live up to that expectation. Yeah. And so we either go extreme, like I'm going to mimic that thing or I'm going to do the complete opposite, which is also can be detrimental. So, yeah, you know what, ah, Ryan, we have to have you back. My friend, we have <laughs> about a minute and 30 mm -hmm. seconds left. So for, so can you give us like, three to five quick points for someone who is trying to get their finances together. You know, again, everybody's situation is different, but can you give us like three to five quick points? And then after that, let everybody know where they can find you and when your next, um, when your next event is. Cause I said, I, you said that they, they happen every quarter, every quarter. Well, yes. Yes. Okay. All right. So absolutely. Um, a couple quick points when it comes to personal finance. The very first thing is do an evaluation. Where are you right now? And then write the vision, make it plain. Sit down, right? What are your goals? And ensure that they're SMART goals. So SMART goals are specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time bound. So you're not going to just say, oh, I wanna make a million dollars. You're going to say, okay, 
over the next two years, my goal is to save up to $10,000 because again, it needs to be realistic. So if I'm not someone who is already, um, you know, an avid saver, it's not realistic for me to say, I'm going to go ahead and have a million dollars. Because yeah. you, you haven't even saved your first thousand. Yeah. So again, be realistic and set those SMART goals. Then the second thing would be if you don't have a spending plan, savings mm-hmm. plan, budget, whatever you want to consider them. If you don't have a plan for your finances, you need to sit down and create one. Mm-hmm. And that starts off with your budget or spending plan. Mm-hmm. Then lastly, do not be afraid free to invest money and work with a professional. They yeah. have the knowledge and experience to get you to where you want to go and get you there faster. Um, a lot of people will say, oh, well, I can just go ahead and YouTube university it. You mm-hmm. absolutely can and Google <laughs> university it. But understand that I know how to understand what your goals are, assess where you are, and also understand your mental, emotional, um, financial triggers, yeah. right? Get a full scope picture and then say, okay, this is how it's best for you to move forward to hit that goal in a year, two years, as yeah. opposed to YouTube University, where now you're doing trial and error. And yeah. instead of you getting it in a year, now it took you five years. So yeah. a lot of times, People, for whatever reason, just do not work with financial professionals. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand why not. Because the wealthy, where you want to be, they all have a team. You have a CPA. You have a financial advisor or a CFP. They have their bookkeeper on top of maybe a a specific tax accountant, right? Mm -hmm. Because you want a team. And then even some people have, instead of just, oh, I have my attorney. No, they get specific. I have a tax attorney so that if anything ever happens, I'm covered because they understand the law. And so one, you want to invest in that um, and work with the professional. But if you aren't ready to utilize books. So I did make sure I, I grabbed my books um behind me to ensure that i had like a couple titles to share with some of the listeners and so um for anyone who's just starting out there are two books that i recommend Mm -hmm. the first is the psychology of money by morgan housel wow you can see it yeah psychology of money by morgan housel awesome awesome book it really breaks down again just what are your Um, triggers, what are maybe past traumas, what are certain hurdles that you need to uh, get over that you were exposed to, right? Because you Mm. need to shift your mindset when it comes to your finances. And then second is my girl, the budget needs to get good with money. She also, if you're not a reader, it's okay. She has a (laughs) show on Netflix called Get Smart With Money. And it's her and a few other... um, financial coaches or like financial advisors who are actually walking they they walk through it's it's four of them and they have four individuals and like couples that they walk through 
their finances with them to help kind of kickstart them with where they need to be. And some of them are struggling with like just basic budgeting. Some of them are looking at, oh, I need to work on my investments, right? Like I I have the finances, but now I need to actually get started on the investing side. And so they walk with them through it. Um, And then lastly would just be like podcasting, right? Again, like you have resources around you utilize them so instead of investing your time if you're not going to invest the money instead of investing your time in binge watching netflix that that reality show you can do a reality show that's going to help you in the long term so i would say those would be my my top three sit down write the vision make it plain create your plan work with the professional to get the knowledge and get you there faster but caveat if you if you don't have the finances right now then get to reading a 15 dollars book will help you um more than that 15 dollars meal yeah when it comes to getting you to where you want to be save eating and not ordering but eating and get the book wow um and where you can reach me so my website is killabrewconsulting.com, K-I-L-L-E-B-R-E-W, consulting.com. Same thing on Instagram and Facebook, which is at killabrewconsulting. Um, and, you know, again, if anyone ever is in the tri-state area, um, we are in the midst right now of planning our next event. And this one is actually going to be catered to the small business entrepreneur or micro business entrepreneur. Um, And so we're looking at the end of September uh, as far as um, that. And we're looking to do like a a one day masterclass workshop um, to really get you with your foundation ready regarding small business finances. And how do you as an entrepreneur make the most out of your business tax wise, but also to leveraging investment strategies. Wow. Ryan, yeah. thank you so much. I got one of the books. I got I got to get the other one. I got one of them sitting on my bookshelf. So, Ryan, hey. thank you so much. Y'all, y'all heard it first here on the Tommy <laughs> Talk Show. This is my homie, Ryan Killebrew, financial consultant. Yeah. Connect with her. Follow her. Visit the website. She has resources, information, and classes that you don't want to miss. Don't touch that dial. We will be right back. What's up? What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for hanging in there with us. You are still tuned in to the Tommy Talk Show, and we are discussing health, wellness, and beauty in communities of color. We just had an amazing uh, conversation with Ryan Killebrew uh, from Killebrew Consulting, um, on a, who uh, shared with us the financial aspect of health and wellness in communities of color. And right before me, oh, I have my brother and my sister, the Singleton team, who they they are like real estate whizzes and just absolutely amazing. So listen, who is the Singleton team? The Singleton team is comprised of two dynamic realtors, Rashim Singleton and Sarah Duncan, uh, husband and wife real estate team. Um, their motto is integrity, dedication and results. It starts with always telling the truth, even when it's even when it's not convenient. 
They are determined to educate, assist, and advise clients on the real estate process so they can purchase properties and meet their goals. Uh, They cover Southern PA, Delaware, and are expanding into New Jersey. Sheen, Sarah, welcome to the Tommy (laughs) Talk Show. Thanks for having us, Tommy. Appreciate it, good brother. Thanks for the warm welcome, man. You know, we're throwing all good loves and vibes right back your way, good brother. Hey, man. Oh, 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 oh. I'm catching them all, man. I'm catching them all. You know I'm a nut. You know I'm a nut. I'm catching them all, man. Thank y'all so much for uh, for being here. It really means a lot um, to me. Um, so those of you who are listening, um, guests, um, our listeners for the Tommy Talk Show, um, Sheen and um, Sarah, they are two very good friends of mine. Um, I've known them both for years and they've been, they're super supportive. Um, they have integrity, they have character, they're very intelligent and they care about the people that they serve. And I could not have the Tommy talk show and not have them on, especially when we're dealing with health, wellness, and beauty and the black community. So before we really hop into, cause I, I, before we, um, before, before you all, you know, hop off, I want us to definitely leave off with some tips in reference to um, uh, for folks who are interested in buying a home. So we definitely want to touch on that. But before we hop on that, I, how did you so out of everything that you all could get involved with, what made you all choose real estate? Well, I was a renter growing up and I actually came from the housing projects. So and I see how hard my mom worked to keep a roof over our head. So it, it automatically triggered in me, like, to be on. I was like, I want to own something. I don't want nobody to be able to tell me or have restrictions on what I need to do in my household. And I already was bit with the bug of trying to be an owner back then when I was older. I just didn't know how I was going to get there. Yeah. So uh, as I got older, I started doing a little bit of research, not a bunch, just taking small steps until I actually uh figured out what area that I want to be in. And then wow. when I was in college, I was doing a little bit more research and I was like, okay, well, real estate is going to be the way to go. And then um the rest is kind of like history. I was like, well, I want to be a um business owner. Mm-hmm. Real estate is the best way for somebody who don't really have like a, a big nest egg. They don't have like a trust fund baby or nothing like that to kind of grind it up themselves. Yeah. And um I was kind of like one of the first in my family to do that, to own a house, to even buy a piece of property. So uh, it's kind of just my childhood and just how I was brought up and wow. knew that nobody, my only person that owned the house was my grandma. Wow. Wow. You know, so, and we kind of, I kind of just always kept that seed in my head and just yeah. from there. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And, Go ahead, Sarah. I'm listening. Go ahead. Oh, just quickly. And for me, um, my childhood was slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um, there were multiple folks in my family who did own property. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my mother, she was in various aspects of real estate. So mm-hmm. I kind of would tag along with to with her to work <laughs> and she would give me, you know, little tasks and things to do. And so by me always being with her, I was like, okay, I understand this stuff as a kid. And well, maybe I can do this when I get older. Yeah. So I just kind of put myself in positions and tried to network with people who were in the real estate arena. And I got very experienced throughout um, the industry. Um, and then when Rashim and I met, you know, he told me his interests and, you know, um, 
I shared with him a potential um, deal that could work for him possibly. And he was able to wholesale a deal. So that all comes from connections and making relationships. That's amazing. Um, I heard a lot with what you both just shared. Um, for, for Sheen, one of the things that you shared was, um, you know, growing up in the projects and whatnot. And I think that especially for black men, right? We, uh, and I, I just mentioned that um, in many instances, representation matters. And it's important for us to see black men holding it down the way you are doing it, sir. And um, just by way of encouraging listeners, man, I, just your testimony right there, I'm sure has encouraged so many people, you know, especially, you know, people who may have started out, you know, like in the struggle and like, all right, I don't know if I can reach that. I don't know if that's a, a, a attainable for me. I don't know if that's realistic for me, you know, um, and to see you doing it, man, that is a beautiful thing. And I appreciate you for sharing that. And in reference to um, Sarah, thank you for sharing your story, too but especially the part where you were talking about the importance of relationships. And I feel that in our communities, especially communities of color, we mm. don't have solid relationships. We don't do enough networking. We don't do enough leveraging each other's strengths so that we can reach a common goal, which is the well-being of the community and us individually. Um, so you all are, and I'm, I'm going to call y'all, you know, uh, real estate and housing gurus, right? So <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to the real estate landscape and you have people, I'm sure you have people coming to you left and right saying, hey, you know, I want to buy a house, you know, um, I want to do this, I want to do that. What are some of the challenges, the common challenges you're seeing a lot of people have um, that you're help, that you're having to help them navigate? Um, kind of piggyback off your last guess, which I was talking about there, the financial literacy part, because yeah. I swear, like, it's a lot, a lot of our folks, when they come to us, um, they like four to five months from actually purchasing. So when you see us advertise that somebody just bought a house or congratulations, and we, you know, we send off the balloons and pop champagne, mm -hmm. they, um, we've been working with them already eight months before they got to this point, because it's, it's a lot of barriers there that Whoa. we got to help them fix before they even get to that part. Wow. So, but see, a lot of them don't know. Yeah. They, they don't know at all. And yeah. um, let alone try to bridge the gap between them not having, not working, um, or working, and then trying to buy actually a property. It's, wow. it's like a lot, it's a gap there. And yeah. then what we do is we try to uh, educate them on a basic level steps to start. And I think everybody can follow those things. Yeah. And um, and we just put them on a, a program for them. Because like you said before, everybody's financial situation is not the same. Yes, sir. Some yes, people sir. can take bigger steps than other folks. Yeah. And then some people got they, their technology savvy, whereas though it, it clicks quicker than others. So yeah. we try to meet people where they are and then just help them all the way through from contract to close yeah wow wow thank you for that sarah is there anything you want to add to that before i move on to my next question i would definitely say there is a lot of legwork some folks we've been working with for years mm -hmm. they come to us and we try to get put them on a plan then life happens and they get set back yeah. and then they come back again and they feel like they owe us an explanation and we're like no it's wow. okay life happens wow. Yeah. And this is this is our career. This is our business. We're mm. here to help you. 
So yeah. we can work as fast or as slow as you need us to. Yeah. So um, I just think like Rashim said, there's a lot of skills, basic business, hmm. personal business skills that our communities are lacking. Yeah. And then also financial literacy. And then, you know, just having the confidence because a lot of time when folks come to us, we spend a lot of time um, kind of moonlighting as therapists because they have issues that impact their financial, uh, you know, situation. Um, And we try to tell everybody, don't judge your situation based on someone else because your financial situation is just like a fingerprint. They're all different. Yeah. So when people, you know, say, why can't I get this grant or why can't I get this amount of seller's assist? Mm -hmm. It's like your situation is different. Yeah. You know, it's not the same. So, yeah, we meet people where they are and try to bring them forward and let them know, encourage them that no matter where you start from, you can meet this goal. Yeah. You know what? I don't think that there are many real estate people. (laughs) who are out there providing the services that you all are providing. (laughs) I think that they're so caught up and trying to make the sale that they're not necessarily worrying about the health of the person. And there's such a connection between what you just said, what you both are saying, and what Ryan Killebrew just said in terms of the psychology that is there. And and it's it's not even necessarily just a new skill set. It's like almost like the undoing of how mm-hmm. a lot of people, how, how a lot of us, I can't say people, but how a lot of us, mm-hmm. how we've been trained to think and not even how we've been necessarily intentionally trained to think because some things are taught and other things are caught. So just by yeah. what we're seeing in our communities and just by what we're seeing in our families, some things are just norms that we carry with us. And the fact that you all are undoing that, helping people navigate that, that is so admirable and just amazing. What are some, so somebody wants to, so somebody wants to buy, uh, you know, buy a house. What are some, and again, everybody's situation is different. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some, uh, some, some, what would be some advice that you would give to someone who wants to be a first time homeowner? Well, one, you want to try to locate an individual who has some information for you and valid information. There's quite a bit of information that is free. Um, mm-hmm. if you know of someone who may have a realtor and their family, that's usually the first point of contact. When someone's interested, because as a realtor, we are, you know, the the person who brings the client to the rest of the team that helps us get you to closing to Mm -hmm. buy that house. So I would say one, a lot of people don't realize you can go to housing counseling for free. And that's something that we try to, um, you know, push for all of our first time homebuyers to go through because it teaches you about the process. Yeah. And we teach you about the process, too, but we want the information to come to you from different areas. Sometimes yeah. people learn things in different ways. You may not pick it up from, from me, but it might hit home with the housing counselor or the fact that you see a presentation or something like that. So we want people to take advantage of those free um, resources. Yeah. And then at, going to housing counseling also helps folks to become eligible for grants. Yeah. For a down payment and closing cost assistance. Hmm. Um, so the resources that are available, reach out to the people that you know 
even if you don't know the professional, ask mm-hmm. them who they use. Referrals is huge, yeah. especially when we are people of color in business for ourselves, mm-hmm. trying to build and sustain a business. We have to support each other and take yeah. care of each other and make sure we lift each other up. I yeah. think Rasheem could talk a little bit more about, you know, the process and sort of the nitty gritty. Yeah. Of what's yeah. needed. Yeah. yeah Can you give us like one or two minutes like, about the, that? Yeah. But referrals is kind of like the lifeline of the business. Um, yeah. And goes back to what you said. Why? I mean, to the guess you had before that too. Also, mm-hmm. and we was kind of like shaking our head. Why folks don't reach out to like uh, what she was a um, I forgot what was her uh, duty that you had her on. As far as she was saying, uh, why they don't reach out to professionals to help them make yeah. the transition? Yeah, she's and, financial um, consultant. Because, yeah, financial mm-hmm. consultant. But I think a lot of times because they're scared and they've been beat up by so much wow. stuff on their process to get to where they go, and they're yeah. a little bit hesitant to go ahead and jump right in, and that they don't know this person. Yeah. So it, it kind of makes it warm and a little bit better once somebody that you know and they and you know that they use that person. Okay, yeah. well, go to my folks right here. They they're real professional. They'll take care of you. So forth and so on. They can kind of like lead you in a, in a, um on a good path that makes the transition way better, other than them not knowing and then they scared to even jump in. That's why nine times out of ten, if they're going by themselves, they don't they don't reach out because yeah. they already been beat up beforehand and like wow. us as as colored people and and black people we this goes back years yeah. for us getting the short end of the stick yes sir and then when you see something that's beneficial to you right in front of your face you still hesitant to 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 make the, to make that connection unless yeah. it's like a referral from somebody so i mean i i get what she was saying and it kind of cross referenced what you know what we were saying um also but the process is is pretty much easy mm-hmm. All right, what i would say is reach out to the single to team Period. Hey, I know that. <laughs> I reach know reach out right. to us. 610-405-4955. And no matter what what financial status you in, no matter how your credit is, no, yeah. no matter if you got money saved up or not, um, we can actually help you with a plan. And, and, and it actually start like this. It start with consultation. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because I gotta talk to the person first to see what I can provide them with. Because I can't yeah. just swing everybody with a, a broad brush and, and yeah. say this person is the same as this person and this person. Once I get to talking and I just kind of sit there and take notes and hear what they're saying and I can provide them with the with the right plan of action to move yes, forward. Sir. Yes, sir. So, um, yeah, and I always tell folks, listen, as soon as they contact me, do not uh, run, run your credit. Do not co-sign for anything mm-hmm. and do not... um make no big purchases those like yeah. the key things because that'll set you back later on down the line when you, you're gonna go purchase so those are like three big no-nos i always tell folks okay from this point moving forward you need to do one two yeah. three and if you got any questions about any of them just call me so we can talk the more communication and lines is open the better i can navigate you in the right direction mm-hmm. because if you hold yeah. anything from me then when we get to the the point that I'm already done told you five times. I know it's overwhelming. <laughs> mm-hmm. Once we get there, and you're gonna say, "Oh, that's what he was talking about." Yeah, and then it may just set wow. your goals back. It's gonna set your housing um purchase back, uh, maybe a few months, depending on how bad it is. Whatever you did. So yes, I would sir. say savings. Yeah, savings is important to have at least some savings. If you don't, 
then, you know, there's options like your previous guest was saying with, you know, retirement plans. Sometimes you can get a gift from a relative. Um, I will also say your credit is very important. As Rasheen was talking about, you have to continue to pay your bills on time, yeah. you know, and try not to overdraw your bank accounts. Um, because when you go to get pre-approved for a loan, the mortgage company is going to want every bit of your financial information. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you are putting yourself in the best position possible in order to move through the process um, as quickly as possible, right? And as smooth as possible. And that's yeah. where we come in because we can help help those clients navigate how to do it and what to do, you know, and yeah. put them in touch with the folks that we work with on our team um, that can get them to that end goal. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thank you all for that. Listen, mm -hmm. where can people find you? Sheem, you g give us that number again. Give us the website. Give us the, the Instagram, the Facebook. How how can people find you? Because I know after what you all just shared, I know there are some people like, OK, what was that number again that he just said? Mm -hmm. So how can people find you? Dick, I'm on I'm on all the social media platforms. Um, mm -hmm. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. But if you plug my name in and then if you can put it, I don't know, somewhere because my name is kind of unique to spell. Yeah. <laughs> R-H-I-A-S-H-E-E-M Singleton. If you plug them first couple letters in, all my social media stuff is going to come up. Or, wow. or you can just call me. 610 yeah. 405-4955. That's my cell phone number. And Give it to uh, him again. Say it one more time, bro. 610-405-4955. Or you can reach me at my email, rsingleton316 at gmail.com. So it's always a way for folks to get to us. And um, they can always reach out to you. You'll patch them to us. Or um, they can go right through the phone number or the social media. Like, we're not really hard to find. And uh, usually we're realtors. Uh, it's a bunch of them out here, but <laughs> don't none of them have the same spelling as me. So if you put yeah. R H I A S H E E M, you'll see our face pop right up. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, Singleton team, thank you so much for being guests on the Tommy Talk Show. You know we love you here, and you know I love you both, and I definitely appreciate you both, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. What's up? What's up, beautiful people? You are still listening to the Tommy Talk Show. I'm your host, T.W. Suggs, and we are having an amazing conversation around health, wellness, and beauty and communities of color. So far, you heard from Ryan Killebrew from Killebrew Consulting. You also heard from Rasheed and Sarah Singleton, um, who are real estate gurus uh, and they shared your, they everybody shared their numbers and their contact information so make sure you hit them up if you're trying to get yourself together when it comes to finances or even real estate trying to get your first home and before me right now i have my homie my homie my oh marquita robinson garcia listen here y'all listen so i'm gonna i'm gonna read the bio right but then i'm gonna give y'all a, a, a little story um that happened uh and i don't even know if marquita remember the story but uh yeah so um <laughs> <laughs> see, i can't have you back on the show <laughs> um, 
So Marquita Robinson Garcia is a chemist turned entrepreneur with a mission to personalize sustainable skincare. Known as as Philly's uh, mad scientist gone good, Marquita brings to you her extensive experience from uh, the beauty industry. She spent over a decade developing products side by side with multinational brands such as Chanel, NARS, and Bare Minerals, uh, gaining a deep understanding of personal care and cosmetic formulation. In 2017, she channeled her expertise into a greater cause and founded Divinity Skin Care. That is so dope. Philadelphia's first all-natural brand offering personalized beauty care services, Marquita Welcome to the Tommy Talk Show, sis. How are you? Fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm totally <laughs> So listen, y'all, look. So th- so what you see is what you get. Marquita has like the greatest sense of humor. Um, so I <laughs> actually met Marquita at Millersville University, right? Ooh. And whoop, whoop, MU, I didn't graduate, but, you know, it's all right. It's all right. Mine came a little later. But um, I remember anybody who knows the life of a college student, um, you know that it's a life of struggle. So near Millersville, we had the Sugar Bowl. We had the Smack. We had all those places, right? So, you know, usually dinner was like oodles and noodles or whatever you can put inside inside your little microwave or whatever. So this was a particular week I was struggling. And um, I had enough money to um, wash my clothes. Um, so I was taking my clothes down to... Um, the, uh, the 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 school's laundry mat and Marquita saw me in the hallway and I was she was like where you getting ready to go I said I'm getting ready to wash my clothes and Marquita was like well where's your detergent I was like I couldn't afford none. she said you can ready to wash your clothes in water I was like yeah I'm ready to wash them in water that's better than nothing she was like uh uh-uh, uh 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 and she went into her she went into her dorm room and gave me like this uh gave me a bottle of tie and I and that was almost wow back in 2001 2002 and I never forgot that so Marquita before I even hop into the interview with you I just want to say thank you so much for being such a dope friend and just such an awesome light I really appreciate you sis Oh my goodness. No, I don't remember, but you needed need some detergent then. Oh, thank you, Tommy. Oh my God. Yeah, I needed some detergent. I was struggling. I was going to wash him in water, though. I was going to wash him in water. Know, wasn't we all, though? But we all had each other's back. That, that was the beauty of, of college. You, you had people who were there, had your back. We were all learning and growing together. So Yeah, yeah. That was the beauty of it. So listen, Marquita, let's hop into this interview, sis. So first of all, I I haven't, you are the first person that I know who is like a chemist. Uh, How, what made you even get interested, you know, and, and being a chemist, especially because I don't see many black female chemists. I I don't see any chemists. I don't even know if one was walking by me, I, I wouldn't even know, but what made you get involved in that field? Yeah, so I actually majored in biology. That's what my passion was. I Mm -hmm. I love biology. I love science in general. I I love to observe things, see how it works, test different things, trial and error. Um, It's my curiosity, right? So my curiosity, my love of life. um, I chose to be a biology major Mm. because I love, I actually love the whole, 
I just have this curiosity with how we live, how, how yeah. does life go on? How, where do we come from? Where are we going? Yeah. Um, and so that's what drives me, right? It's my curiosity more than anything. Wow. And then I ask a lot of questions. Yeah. I ask questions and I'm trying to find those answers. And so to be honest, everyone has a little scientist in them. We, okay. we all ask the questions, right? Wow. And we're looking for the answers. It's just, we don't always think of having, um, an approach with the same methodology necessarily, but we're all observing what's happening yeah. around us or within us. Yeah. And we're trying to find answers. So, so that, that's a very general vague answer. Wow. But, yeah, my, <laughs> but that's a way of looking at it. Like we're all. That is so dope. Did y'all yeah. know that? Did y'all know that you all were every listener is a scientist in your own right? Wow. Yeah, absolutely. We're all asking questions. We're trying to get the answers. It's just how yeah. we go about those methods of getting the answers. Yeah. Um, but, but I guess more specifically, so how I got into chemistry, um, I, I was a bio major, minor in chem, and so I actually ended up working in, um, when I got into the lab where I could actually mix and make my own products mm -hmm. for beauty care is when I really became more passionate about chemistry specifically. Yeah. So all chemists are not made alike. My chemistry field is very specific for beauty care. And wow. I fell in love with it because it's like, oh my gosh, I'm using different products on my hair. I'm using different products on my skin. Yeah. Um, and now I have the opportunity to not just use them and smell them and enjoy them. And now I get to make them and create my own and use my ideas yeah. to create my own beauty. Wow. Come on now. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't keep me out from that. I had tons of ideas, tons of solutions. No, we need something for this. We need something for this hair. We need something for that skin. And yeah. So it was just, it was just my creativity really came to life in the lab, specifically because I already had, you know, a passion for for beauty and wow. all the products that I was already using. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing that you even followed that passion. I think a lot of people, um, a lot, it's so easy to become intimidated by the passion or the work that's involved to further explore, especially because you're diving into something that's, you know, that's unknown. So mm -hmm. I commend you for, you know, going out and, and like just making this thing happen. You are like an inspiration. Thank you so much for that. So listen, tell us. So you spoke about, you know, uh, you know, being a chemist and, and, and getting, um, you know, working on the, uh, everything that does with the skin. So tell us about Divinity Skin Care. Yeah, so Divinity, what, what, what started Divinity was really my passion for creating mm -hmm. what I believe are safer, mm -hmm. more natural, more products that use ingredients that keep us connected to Earth. Wow. You know, we all come from the Earth, we're all one with the Earth, and, and, and sometimes we, we forget about that connection that we have to Earth. Yeah, we have the solutions here, right? Mm. But 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 sometimes what happens with beauty care and what happens in the beauty industry is it can get a little ugly. All right, wow. you've got ads telling you you're not pretty enough. You've got ads telling you your hair needs to be straight or it needs to be curly or it needs to be this color yeah. or you need to wear this fashion trend with your hair in a bun, but now it needs to be down or wow. you know it's, it's everywhere you look. There's uh, the grass is always greener when it comes to the beauty care industry. And yeah. it, it actually can be quite confusing yeah. to navigate it and find solutions that actually work for your hmm. specific skin type, yeah. like for what you actually need, for whatever you're going through and, 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 and whatever your beauty journey might be. Wow. And so with Divinity, what I was able to do was take my knowledge and my expertise as a cosmetic chemist to then create a space where hmm. my clients could come in get the consultation one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. with me, have the discussion, 
start talking about their glow goals, right? Hey. And, then, and then pick out those ingredients one by one. It's actually what you see in the back here. My mad scientist nice. lab. I love it. And, and I'm only using, you know, natural nut based oils, hmm. um, uh, uh, flower essences, hmm. um, botanical herbal ingredients only. Right. And wow. we find that our bodies actually recognize those ingredients. Yeah. Our bodies know what to do with those ingredients. Our, our face, our skin, Whoa. our entire body start to literally vibrate, glow, and just become so vibrant and yeah. rejuvenate when wow. we actually nourish and love our bodies yeah. with the ingredients that come from the earth, as opposed to the synthetic ones that are, you know, all lab made, man made. Again, not against the science, but what yeah. I like to do, I'll tell you what I do here. I substantiate the the science behind natural care because wow. there's a stigma that natural care doesn't work natural skincare isn't good it's, it's you know oh what about allergies wow. and this, this, and that. it's not true so i like to use my science background yeah. and my training to actually substantiate and show why and how the products do wow. work it's, it's it's a whole process so the, the whole process my mission is to inform hmm. i want to teach and educate Mm -hmm. Right. That first starts with becoming more self-aware, but then hey. once you're self-aware, you know what works for you. Right? Yeah. Empower you so that you actually build the confidence and esteem to help you feel good about the choices that you're making, help you feel wow. good about the journey of having your own skincare routine, having something developed and created for you. Yeah. And then we create because we're going to get in the lab. We can mix it up together with the yeah. guidance of a chemist who who can really help you, you know, see it through so that you're not have making as many mistakes as maybe someone would if they just went in their kitchen and just tried to mash up some avocado it, it, it maybe weren't happy with <laughs> the result of that because we, we have a lot of the do-it-yourself queens and i'm not yeah mad at them. yeah i'm not i'm not mad at the tenacity. i think i think we should all be experimenting with things but we get discouraged when something doesn't work yeah. right and then we're like you know what i knew i shouldn't have did that I ain't mixing no mayonnaise and cracking no eggs over my head but you know <laughs> what if you know if you know how to put the formula together uh, and and what else can you add to it or mix to it or add a little of this and tweak it here and there hmm. you actually will derive a beautiful natural formula that you can continue to love on your skin feed on your skin yeah and glow every single day <laughs> wow thank you for that you know what you said something that was so interesting you said um and it kind of piggybacks off of what um my other two guests said uh, ryan killebrew and um the singleton team what they shared um that with the people that they've been dealing with there is a psychology mm. um a coding that they already come with that needs to be undone so that um, so that more healthy coding perspective um, can be added. Right. And yeah. when you said that, when, when you spoke about, you know, building up your clients and, and, and helping them love themselves, yeah. is that something that you're finding, you know, with a lot of your clients is that there's because I think that ties into like the psychology of, of self-love. And again, there's been like a, psych, a psychological component and. Um, almost like a mental health part that's dealing with this uh, uh, health and wellness and beauty and communities of color. So do you find that, do you find that for you and your work that you're having to help 
people um, decode and get rid of that toxic thinking? And and also that's the first part of the question. And how responsible is the beauty industry for how people see the? <laughs> I'm gonna let you just take it from there because I think. Yeah. Oof. All right. So the word, the first word that came to mind was epigenetics, right? Epigenetics okay. is that coding. It's that it's what's passed down from generation to generation. So the yeah. epigenetics is what we're what we need to uplift. We need we need to decode, right? The DNA yeah. and can quite literally, um, it does begin with that mental health. It does begin wow. with how do we talk to ourselves? Yeah. Um, how we perceive ourselves, right? Our self perception. How we see ourselves when we look in the mirror, not how others see us. Because wow. oftentimes what we think we're prepping and primping for, what we think we need to look like this for, what we think we're ironing or putting on our best for, we hmm. think it's for someone else. It's really because we think we need to come with all that and just just, and just to show face. Wow. You know, you hear people say, I, oh, no, I can't go anywhere without putting on my face. Wait a minute, that's a mask you putting on. Your wow. face is you. We gotta get we got we, we gotta be okay with with with, with showing up as wow. we are. Right? So so the word is epigenetics, that coding okay. where okay. we have that we have some pain, we have some healing hmm. to do. Because we're holding on to some of these stagnant epigenetics. And it's it's a very real thing. There's some studies out there that show mm -hmm. um I don't wanna go too deep because I, I know but what happens is um with let's say with cattle. Right. Mm -hmm. You can when you you can brand and electrocute and it's basically torture uh, mm -hmm. one generation of cattle. Right. Mm -hmm. To not go across a fence or not go across a certain distance, not go too far from the ranch. You know, you don't want to lose your, your cattle. Yeah. And that information, they will learn that. And for the next, you know, six or seven generations, you won't have to do that because the the babies will be born knowing already with that information that fear that they that they can't that they can't do that so it, you, so born into trauma so there's a that. predisposition because i've heard that before a predisposition yeah. to trauma so gener so generations of of cows before based on what happened to them physically based on what happened to the parents physically the, the the calf could be born and then there's there, there's less training that's necessary because they already know they are wow. that, that memory is passed down yeah. the memory is passed down it's all in the body we think that we think only with our brain we think with our yeah. entire body your entire body is full of dna and information that codes specifically for what you do i mean literally the human body is is, is a machine i write a lot about it i actually hmm. write extensively about it in my yeah. book the sustainable beauty because i believe that in order to sustain real beauty i'm not talking about the little eyeliner and mascara i'm wearing today my lips is popping you know? <laughs> i'm not talking about that i'm talking about sustaining true beauty yeah that comes from the heart that comes from the soul that comes from that vibration that energy yeah uh, that that radiance that you you just shine like a light you know yeah. That sustainable true beauty that you see within yourself that you're born with that divine magical light that is you yeah sustainable beauty comes from within and that's wow. going to start with with really making sure we know who we are where we're going where we came from why are we doing this what are we eating are we resting are we are we uh paying attention to the things that make us tick the things that bring us down are we careful about the the noise and the vibrations that we allow to go through our, our eardrums and and, yeah. and and vibrate through our entire bodies like are we aware 
Wow. Right? Of wow. ourselves. And so that's where, and it's like, man, that sounds like a whole lot just to be beautiful. Yeah. That ain't, that ain't even going to achieve being beautiful. That's just going to achieve feeling beautiful. Because you can't possibly be beautiful if you don't, if you don't feel, feel beautiful. Wow. You can't possibly be beautiful if you don't see yourself and understand and completely acknowledge. Wow. And when I say acknowledge, I mean act according to what you know. So, right, yeah. we can know something. I, I can't stand to saying knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Knowledge itself is not power. Knowledge is potential. Woof. But the power only comes in when we actually act on it. And so yeah. we have to act knowledge and wow. act in accordance with what we know, right? Yeah. Yeah. And start to actually do something different. Wow. And as we continue to do those things, those repetitive actions, those repetitive behaviors, those repetitive things that will continue to uplift us and make us feel better, that's when we start to be, we become yeah. beautiful. As far as the industry. So is there a social responsibility that businesses and corporations have to the people that they serve, that they solicit? Is there a social responsibility? Hmm. I believe yes. I believe that if I'm going to solicit money from you, provide a service, I have to be ethical. I have to be honest. There's a certain moral standard that mm -hmm. I have to abide by when I'm doing business with you so that that transaction, that energy that yeah. is transferred between you and I, yeah. right, will be one that can uplift and make life better for both of us, right? So, so, so that is the reason because it's really about the exchange of energy. But if I'm telling you one thing, tricking you into believing something else and lowering your energy, then what will you give me? You're only going to keep giving me your bad energy. Well, I don't yeah. want your bad energy. Yeah. Personally, I don't want your bad energy. Yeah. And because I understand that if I have to do something to trick, manipulate, lie, or steal from you in order to get your business or your patron, your, 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 uh, for you to patronize me, to, to mm -hmm. give me your money mm -hmm. in exchange for my service, if that has to come from a place that is you know, subpar, making you feel bad, bringing you down and hope hurting you, then, then I'm, I'm only going to have to continue to struggle in that because I'm going to yeah. transfer your negative energy to me. Wow. So is it a social responsibility because they have to be so honest and ethical and be good to people? I don't think it's altruism that's going to motivate businesses to be more socially responsible. I think hmm. it's selfishness that's wow. going to motivate businesses to be more uh, responsible with what they put and how they serve. Right? Yeah. And, and it's selfish because, well, I don't want the bad energy. Mm -hmm. So I got to make sure what I'm doing is right by you so that I can get right back to you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so if we think about it that way, it don't mm. have to be charity. It don't have to be, oh, you're a responsible corporation for making people feel better. No. Yeah. You're, you need to be responsible for yourself. Now, if you act yeah. responsibly within your business, how you navigate that, how you treat people, what you do for people, you're then going to have a better experience as a business, as a corporation to grow and continue to uplift those around you because you're only as good as your weakest. Wow. Wow. Thank you for that, because I think that there are a lot of people because that, that's almost like an ethical dilemma, right? Yeah. It's, you know, who's responsible? Yeah. Whose responsibility is it? You know, is it the consumer? Is it the business? Of course, the business is always going to say, you know, it's the consumer's responsibility. We're going to put this out here almost like, you know, um, you know, music that has like a whole bunch of, you know, a lot of 
you know, violence and, you know, inappropriate stuff in it and and degrading stuff or whatever. Like, well, I didn't tell your kids to buy my music. They bought, you know, but there, you know, again, that there, there is still some level of responsibility. Let me ask you a question in terms of, um, cause I really, there, there's a nail here on beauty that I really want to hit. How, so you said in order for someone to be beautiful, they have to feel beautiful. So for your clients, how how do you navigate them through that journey to feel beautiful, especially um, when everything on the outside and social media, commercials, et cetera, the, the message seems to always be you're not enough. And that could, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you have thin lips, thick lips, long hair, short hair, I, I, you know, the message always seems to be you're not enough. Now look like this. So there's that level of toxic. So how do you, you know, in, in your profession, how do you um, help someone feel beautiful? And what tips can our listeners um, implement in reference to that journey? Because I do feel that there may be somebody who's listening right now who may not feel beautiful. I think as long as we're consistent. So one thing that I do to help my clients feel more beautiful is to just simply be honest with them. Speak hmm. from the heart, right? So if you're coming in and you're like, oh, look look at my face. I got this bump. Oh, look at my face. I want to get rid of these dark circles over here. Or, oh, look. And it's always, it's always something that you have to really like pay really close attention to and look really, wow. really close to make them see what's wrong with them. Wow. But what I find is that I, if I consistently help people see themselves from the high level, right? So if you, mm-hmm. if you step back from yourself and you realize you got to remember, I'm breathing. Yeah. What allowed me to do that breath? My lungs are operating well. My nose is operating well. The blood is yeah. circulating through my body, delivering oxygen and releasing carbon dioxide. Mm. What all has to take place? My heart continues to beat. Yeah life is going on and moving and, and, and thriving within me. Yeah. When I take those specific perspectives and help people to see, you know, look at how absolutely amazing you are. Your wow. body is working for you, but sometimes maybe you need to develop different habits so that yeah. your body doesn't have to clean up after you so much. Wow. See, you already have what it takes to be beautiful. You already have the machinery, yeah. the, the genetic code, the, the 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 power the light the electromagnetism all of it is there yeah. but we need, need to redirect that energy so yeah. that you don't have to make your body work so hard to clean up after you yeah and instead you can actually be your, your body's your best friend your body's wow. going to work for you and i'm saying body because we're, we're not focusing on the face and the skin. no but it's the whole body where we have one whole system it's all connected. yeah Right. Yeah. So whatever's happening in the gut, whatever's happening in the kidneys, whatever's happening in the heart, it's happening to your whole body. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. so, and so, as long as we're taking care of our bodies, our skin is just a, it's just a map. Our skin is just the, it's just telling you what's going on inside. Wow, I've never heard it put that way before. Oh yeah, that's all the skin is. You know, when we when we look at each other, humans, humans, we'll look each other up and down quick. You yeah. know, the first impression makes a different, makes a big impression. Excuse me. Yeah. The first, no, no. When you look at someone for the first time, the impre- that first impression is huge. Yeah. And the first thing we do, we, we look at people's face. We look at the skin and we are determining 
whether or not this is a healthy body or not. We're determined. That's really what beauty is. Yeah. Beauty is just, it's just a sign of health. It, it's not wow. a certain look, a certain eye color, a certain hair color, a certain texture of hair or skin color. It's none of that. Wow. True beauty is a sign of health. Nice uh, posture. Good, yeah. uh, you know, a, a, a nice uh, round bust, if you will, curvy hips and yeah. broad shoulders, nice jawline. Yeah. You know, those are signs of health, of a healthy body. And that's what people are really attracted to. Yeah. And so, so how do you feel beautiful? You remind them that it really mm. has to consistently reminding my clients that it really has to come from a place of us being in a healthier place, mentally, yeah. spiritually, physically. And that as we begin to focus on our health, our well-being, yeah, right, and and, and that that's where we when we start to do those practices, we start to see like, oh my goodness, I have every reason to love myself, and yeah. I see myself in the most beautiful light possible. Yeah, and and that to me, you know, un until we can really see ourselves in that way, it, it you know, and so it, it's a journey. Yeah. It's a journey. Wow. I mean, that's why I, I'm not, I hate to keep plugging it this is why i wrote the book because it wasn't enough it's not one session hmm. but it's a whole journey where we talk about facial mapping i talk yeah. about the damage that the industry does do and how you have to kind of fight that you know you yeah. have to fight that and resist the urge to want to believe in what they're saying and try to achieve a different look because like you said it doesn't matter if you're white or black straight hair uh curly mm -hmm. hair long mm -hmm. hair short hair green mm -hmm. hair red hair Whatever you don't have is what you need to try to get. I don't know. It's, it's, it's just such a, the signals are absolutely confusing. Yeah. And they're contradictory if, if anyone were to pay attention. So we have to step step back from some of that noise. Yeah. And um, and, and start, to, start to love on ourselves. And that's, that's really where it starts. But being consistent. I yeah. find that if, if I'm showing and doing and living by the things that I say, it makes it a lot easier. Hmm to welcome people into the community because people never want to do the things by themselves. That's why peer pressure is so, so strong. Wow. But people love doing things communally. We love to yeah. do things together. Yeah. And um, so I, I, I welcome folks into the, to the divinity community to be sustainable yeah. beauties because when we start to feel good about who we are. Hmm. Mm, wow. No one can you, take that away. That's crazy because um, the fact that you called it um, a journey. Um, I think it also, the fact that you call it a journey and the fact that it actually is a journey, um, speaks to how deeply entrenched a lot of, um, the, uh, the idea, the external ideas of beauty, how it's impacting all of us, you know? And I remember when we, when, uh, you and I were talking about getting this, um, um, having a segment, you were even mentioning about how how women are marketed to different than how men are marketed to and women, you know, they you know, they do these types of ads as a, as it relates to beauty and how for men, they'll go ahead and, and do this. Um, but it it's almost one of those things where it's almost like deprogramming, you know, and no longer allowing what you're seeing externally to dictate um, your idea of beauty, but taking that bold stance to really ask your ask yourself the question, what what is beautiful to me? And already 
you know, I fit. I am already beautiful. I I fit in that definition. And if we really want to be, you know, um, if we want to take it, you know, even, you know, biblically, you know, we're made in the image of God. We are, there is no better image that you could ever be made in. And I don't know, like God ain't no throwaway John. You know what I mean? That's, you know, that is, (laughs) that is an image to be made in. Let me ask you another question. Um, before we, uh, before we, you know, wrap up, um, what's some skincare tips? And I don't know if the skincare tips, you know, differ from, for men to women, or if it just matter, or if it just, you know, depends on skin type or if it's both. Um, but what are some general, you know, skincare tips that, you know, you can share with us so we can be better stewards of our skin, even the peripheral stuff that you were saying before, like rest ties into skincare, eating right ties into skin. So, so what are some general skincare, you know, do's and don'ts that uh, you would like to share with us? Yeah, sure. No, that's easy. And then guy, girl, old, young, doesn't matter. Um, No matter what it really, our our beautiful skin starts in the gut. Okay. Mm. So whatever you're eating, is going to show up in your body one place or another. It's going to come out and it's going to try to come out of the body in several different ways. And that's going to be out of the colon, right? Out of the, or yeah. it's going to come out of your face. That's that's wow. where your food is going. Wow. So we got to understand that. Yeah. Um. So it's going to start in the gut. And that doesn't always mean being vegan or eating vegetables only. Or, you know, I, I am not vegetarian. I'm not vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do. Um, I am careful about the type of meat that I eat. I make sure okay. that if I eat meat, you know, it's kosher or something made well, grass fed. Yeah. You know, I'm very careful about that. Okay. And it might cost a little bit more because we're in the city. But I am very careful, careful about what I'm eating and making sure that the time that I eat is not too late. Yeah. So I always like to have a morning fast and then I break the fast. I have breakfast after my my period of fasting because mm. I've got to drink water first. So this comes to the next one, hydration. Okay. I always have a large cup, 16 ounces of water first yeah. thing in the morning. I'm mm. hydrating my body. I'm re I'm plumping those cells because my cells have been depleted of water all night. They didn't get any water or hydration. Wow. So you need to replump those cells. You need to give your body that water and let it fill the cells back up so that they're wow. hydrated and plump again. You're still, you'll see those bags under the eyes kind of start to dissipate just within an hour. <laughs> wow. Um, oh yeah, totally. And then, and then like you said, the rest, right? And so some mm-hmm. people say, well, you got to get eight hours of sleep. I don't, necessarily believe that um i have not gotten eight straight hours of sleep for the past nine years i have a nine-year-old daughter <laughs> have a four-year-old son and i have a one-year-old and i have not gotten eight hours of sleep since. yeah okay <laughs> but you don't need eight hours but what hmm. you do need is a period of actual rest wow what i've learned is that sleep is not always sometimes it's tough to get good sleep and just be yeah. still for eight to 10 hours. Yeah. But you can be in a restful state. Your body can be in a restful state while you're awake. Now you're like, Marquita, what you talking about? Wow. Well, as long as you're not stressing your body with yeah. food you don't need to be eating, causing mm-hmm. your body stress to try to digest it mm-hmm. and taking up all your energy, as long as you're not stressing your body with, um, with overeating. Okay. Right. So the types of food and how much you eat, and as long as you're keeping your body active so that you do have bursts where you use up a lot of energy, you exercise, you stay active so that you yeah. can sweat. 
yeah. and release a lot of the deep, the toxins and detox through uh, the sweat. Release that energy that any negative energy is going to be released, as well as any actual physical, you know, toxins from the skin yeah. will be released from the body when you work up a nice active sweat. Okay. Um, those are some of the best ways to keep the skin clear. Consistent. Nice. No matter yeah. what product you're using, you've got to get good rest. Okay. Mind you, I didn't say sleep. It's that rest. Yeah. Watch what you're eating. Whatever goes in the gut is going to come out. It's going to show on the body. It's going to show on your skin. Yeah. Um, drink lots of water. Drink water. before first thing you do, if water is not your favorite, have a cup of herbal tea. You can have hmm. decaffeinated tea with, uh, you know, and, and enjoy it with a little bit of honey or something. Yeah. And that's going to still hydrate you. Wow. Knock wow. the soda. Skip the soda. Oh, my goodness. And don't do like the sugar-free soda. Oh, my goodness. These things scare me. <laughs> Stay away from soda. Okay. I'd rather you eat a cheesesteak before you eat soda. Oh. Soda. Oh. I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make some people mad. I know. I know. <laughs> but it's the truth. <laughs> but it's the truth. It's the truth, y'all. It's the we truth. Been eating meat. We've been eating meat for a long time. Look, God said a whole lot of things. Eat, eat, eat and be merry. <laughs> what does what, the scripture say about eating? <laughs> eat and be merry. Don't That's what you're getting ready to say. I don't think it's like sense. I said, eat the swine. Okay. I didn't say eat the swine. <laughs> I just said, I'd rather get eat. I'd rather. Yeah. I see someone having, enjoying a cheesesteak over a soda. That's yeah. That's just how, woof, soda, woof. Wow. wow. It, it takes like it takes like 32 cups of water to clean what one can of soda does to the body. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You know, we wow. can clean our floors with Pepsi and Cola. And hopefully they don't come sue me. But <laughs> we got to be careful with what we put in our bodies, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sleep, hydration, rest, watch what you eat. Yeah. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um I got to, I got to, I got to pull back on some of them sodas. So listen, uh, <laughs> that's how I got a little quiet. I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> so listen, you glowing, Mar Tommy, you glowing, boo. Hey, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. That's probably a filter or something like that on the camera. <laughs> yes, indeed. But listen, where can people find you, Marquita? Somebody may want some more consultation. Somebody may have additional questions. Somebody may want to get some, uh, some things from the, uh, from the divinity scare, uh, skincare line. Line, which I know I will be very soon. So where can people find you? How can people connect? Yeah. So it's divinity.com. It's spelled just like you see on the shirt. It's D-V-I-N-I-T-I.com. That's our website. And there's actually a skin quiz there for if you don't really wow. know where to get started so that I can then reach out and contact you. We can have a virtual consultation. Hmm. We can schedule a consultation. But the good thing is with the skin quiz, you'll leave enough information for me to contact you. And then we can really begin our one-on-one. -on -one. Cause I, I do do believe that it always starts with a good conversation so that you really know what direction you want to go and just have that guidance. I think that's really important. Um, wow. And then uh, for those that do know what they're looking for and they just want to grab, you know, the cleanser, the toner, the oil, there's a, there's, that's all there too. Very easy to find. Hmm. Um, also, um, I, I think a really important part is, like I said, the, the informed. We have to understand, first of all, why should we be concerned with making sure we take better care of our bodies to express ourselves more beautifully, right? It's about yeah. really expressing ourselves more beautifully. Yeah. Um, the book, The Sustainable Beauty, this can be found on Amazon. 
So it's right on Amazon. Oh yeah. The sustainable beauty. It's I just got my copy, y'all. Make sure y'all get it. Look, bridging the gap to personalized skincare. Okay, because yeah. that's what it's about. It's about personalizing our skincare. It's about personalizing and really developing a self-care self-care practices that are actually sustainable and attainable and that we want to stick with, that we yeah. look forward to doing. It's not a burden. Taking wow. care of our bodies is is one of the best things we could do. It's it's quite literally another form of stewardship too. Yeah, and it's, it's about stewardship, right? Yeah. And and, wow. and and when we take responsibility for ourselves, what we'll find is that we are less prone to falling victim to all the other manipulative, persuasive, you know, yeah. not so nice ads or things that are in our face because we've done so much to take care of ourselves that we will we ain't got time to be falling yeah. for no nonsense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So Wow. Do you have any do you have any uh, social media handles or anything like that? Oh, yes. So can, yeah. Oh, for sure. Divinity Skincare. So it's D-V-I-N-I-T-I -I -I Skincare. Yeah. Um, sometimes folks try to spell it Divinity, but we're a little bougie. So it's D-V-I-N-I-T-I. <laughs> -I, -I. <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. You took it and owned it. Yeah. Div Divinity Skincare. Um, that's for Instagram. Oh my goodness. Doing all kinds of videos, inspirational, um, talks and reels all the time. I think, I think that's like you said, it's not just, Oh, use this product and you'll glow like this. That's not always the case. All right. Yeah. Uh, if that were the case, most people would not be walking around <laughs> feeling or looking a mess. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. just the product that got it done. Um, I truly do believe in empowering and, 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 and showing the way, sharing my true and honest journey. Mm -hmm. how I'm here, what I'm doing, the things I'm doing, you know, um, to, to keep up. And uh, like I said, because I think that it feels so much better when you can, when you can grow as a community and grow together and yeah. you don't feel like you're outcast doing this, you know, difficult regimen by yourself while everyone else is out having fun. No, yeah. no, sustainable yeah. beauties. We got this. I know that's right. Together. Okay. I know that's <laughs> right. And y'all, I don't know if y'all peeped at the very beginning of the show. She called it the divinity community. So make sure you check out my good friend, my homie, Marquita Robinson Garcia. She gave you her social media handle. She gave you her website. She has a book on Amazon. And she's also dealing with the psychology of beauty, not just, you know, some tonic you put on your face. She, ha she has um, all natural, you know, uh, um, uh, oils and, and, and creams that you can use, but there's also psychology that she helps you navigate and that she helps you work through. All right, so make sure you check her out. Marquita, thank you so much for being on the Tommy Talk Show. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. So that is our show. Thank you so much for hanging in there on the Tommy Talk Show. Again, I'm your host, T.W. Suggs. We will be back again with another amazing episode. We, our episode today was health, wellness, and beauty and communities of color. All right. So thank you again for hanging out with us. Uh, big shout out to uh, P3 Christian Radio, the Culture Talk Show, and also the one and only Keith Pelzer. I love you all. Stay dope. Talk to you soon. Peace.